Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? Really good. Really good. Mm, Saturday night. Saturday night. We're on the couch. The kids are asleep. Finally. Heading into a holiday week where we're going to see none of our family. And do absolutely nothing. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Maybe we'll make some veg. We're definitely having s- <laughs> having our turkey being brought into us. Yeah. Uh, to our, our, our domestic engineer. Domestic engineer who is a fabulous uh, personal chef and caterer as well. That's his main business. Is making some turkey and gravy for us. Woohoo! And we're getting mashed potatoes from Huckleberry and a pumpkin pie from Huckleberry. And we will be cooking our own vegetables here to go along with that. Hey, we do our own vegetables. That's right. Yeah, we don't need you guys. (laughs) Uh, We got a bunch of stuff in the market today and we're going to be ready to rock. Get some wine and it's a party. Yeah, probably go back on Wednesday for the Wednesday Santa Monica Farmer's Market to pick up a last couple items i'm sure we crazy busy there that's Every- fun oh i guess not during COVID. it's not fun to be busy <laughs> well uh, I, listen, norm- normally it's fun to have a vibe you I know s- i said this on a previous episode farmers markets in santa monica have done an incredible job of regulating the safety social distancing they've made it about as safe and secure as you possibly could do so shout out to the santa monica farmers market but Everyone's getting ready for Thanksgiving, and so are we, and that's what this episode is about. This is episode 47 of The Long Finish, and we're talking all things Thanksgiving wines. Now, I will say that we do have an episode on Thanksgiving wines from last year. That's episode 8 of the podcast, so after we're done, I encourage you to revisit that episode. And we also did a Beaujolais Nouveau episode, episode nine, which you should revisit because we're kind of merging some of these ideas into a very special Thanksgiving episode and talk about what we should be drinking with smaller parties, maybe just ourselves. That's it. So what are we drinking tonight? Tonight, we are drinking the Scribe Nouveau Pinot Noir from Carneros, California, 2020. 2020. It's just fun to have a wine from 2020. Grapes just harvested. And if you don't know about Scribe, well, get on the train. You have got to find out about them. And you will tonight. A winery we have loved for many, many, many years. So I'm excited to drink this. It's one of the wonderful wineries to visit in person when you can. It's such a fun, beautiful experience. They really do a nice job, the brothers of demystifying like the wine experience make it feel like a big picnic so completely unstuffy it's in sonoma just you know but super close to napa yes like you said picnic blankets and tables and outdoor and music it's just got a feeling to it a vibe it's like what a wine experience should be without any of that you know it's not your not your grandpa's winery no so we're gonna get into all that in a little bit But, of course, we're going to recap what's been going on in our life. And lots going on. We're excited to divulge more in the coming weeks. Um, But really just want to recap you on our family life, which is, as always, we talk about and rate how our kids are sleeping. 
If you had asked us a week ago, we would say maybe a one or two. But because they're sleeping an hour later to almost 5, 5.30, we got to be happy with our, oh, our week. I mean, I'm so stoked when I get up at 5.30 now. Let me tell you, people. 5.30 is a whole different world than 4.30. You feel like a different human. We've said this before. All minutes in the day are not equal. So each minute from the 4.30 to 5.30 range is more important than the one before it because you're right. Like going to bed, I'm a night owl. Uh, as most of you know from the show, Catherine, uh, as soon as this podcast, we're taping this podcast on Saturday night. It's 8.45. She'll be in bed by 9.10 probably. Yep. I'll try, I'll try to make it into bed by 11.30 and be up. It's my night. We alternate nights putting our, our getting up with our kids, and it's my night. So I'll be tomorrow, up around. Which means tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Fingers you crossed. You are I need all of you duty. to root for me to get 5.30. 5.30, please. 5.30, 5.30, yeah. 5.30. I want you to be chanting this for me when you listen to the podcast. I hope <laughs> Tug gets 5.30. I really do. I'll say even 5.40 for you, babe. Oh, my gosh. 5.40. 540. When, when their day comes when both of our kids sleep till 6 a.m., I'm making mimosas for every listener of the show. I'm saying it right now. DM me your, <laughs> your address. <laughs> I'm sending you a little vial or a, you know, a little package bottle of mimosas. We're all drinking the morning that we get 6 a.m. Uh, wake-ups okay, for both but, our kids. But you have to tell that story that Gabe said the other day. Okay, yeah. So uh, for some of you who live in Santa Monica may know one of the best people, one of my closest friends and one of the great people in the restaurant world, Gabe Loeb, Josh Loeb's brother, Josh Loeb being the CEO of Rustic Canyon Group. But Gabe is one of the smartest and funniest people about food in the world, but also just a great human. And we played golf together on Tuesday and we played at 8 a.m., which is a normal time, but I was up since 4.30 watching the kids. And he said that my superpower is the fact that I get up at 4.30, I've had two kids, and I still don't drink coffee. I just wake up and go. I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You're still alive. Just natural energy. I mean, maybe once a month you have a Coca-Cola. It's ridiculous. And I lean into that Coca-Cola, too. <laughs> if I can find a great Mexican Coca-Cola, I devour that thing. It's, it's delicious. But I digress. So all to say, the week's gone better because we've gotten an hour of sleep more. I think for those of you out there who, are, who have kids, you, you understand it, too. It's not just our own experience. Daylight savings has something to do with it. I mean, oh, these kids are just now getting used to an hour time change. It took a whole week. Yeah, an hour. It took a week. People are, you know, we're now we're, we're still at the park at 5.10, 5.15 playing in the dark. I don't think anyone. DM us if you love daylight savings. I want to meet you, and, t- and I want you to tell me why daylight savings is a good thing. I don't know. I'm willing to be swayed. Are you willing to be swayed? I don't think so. Okay. I don't like it. I'm willing to hear <laughs> thoughts, though, right? Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll do an episode dedicated to daylight savings. Maybe it'll be a di- biodynamic one. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And how that folds into the fray. But now we head into a holiday week. Again, revisit episodes eight and nine if you want to hear about our thoughts for Thanksgiving in Beaujolais Nouveau. But this Thanksgiving is a Thanksgiving unlike any other. Much smaller groups, in theory. So what are some thoughts on wines that you want to be drinking as a smaller group and maybe just you and a, a you know a significant other smaller group? What are some wines that might work for that? Or maybe lower alcohol wines or things like that. What are your thoughts on that? And let's go into the wine for tonight and why you chose it. Well, just for any feast, obviously for Thanksgiving, but this will work for any 
big dinner party, big Christmas party, holiday party, any big feast, I think you gotta have wine that's refreshing. The whole point of the experience is all the different foods you're bringing to the table. And especially at Thanksgiving, you've got tons of different flavors, tons of different dishes. You just want a wine that's refreshing. So what does that mean? Okay, it could be sparkling, it could be skin contact wine, it could be white wine, it could be rosé, it could be red. In general, that means it's gonna have a lighter body. If it's a red, it's not gonna have heavy, heavy tannin. If it's a skin contact wine, it's not going to be overly funky and totally outside the box. And that same thing, if it's a, you know, more conventional or fine wine, not too complicated. You don't want a wine that makes you sit there and think over a fire. That's a wine for, you know, two days later with your partner, just enjoying, you know, for two hours. A wine for a feast is just something you want to gulp down, not something aged, not something from your cellar, just gulpable. And the second thing I think is that it needs to be versatile. It needs to be a wine that goes with a lot of different things. So always I'm going to make a plug for sparkling wine, champagne. It goes with everything. It's perfect. (laughs) I especially like pet nuts because those are super refreshing and champagne with just a little dosage, not like so bone dry. Sparkling that has just enough sugar so that it's pleasing with or without food. For white wine, I love wines with texture that are really clean and aromatic, something like Riesling or Chenin Blanc are perfect. You could even do a Chardonnay that is not oaked or a more full-bodied wine without oak that's just more fruity. And then for red, something light, something chilled is great, something without heavy tannin with nice fruit. And for either one of them, you don't want something that's too sweet. I mean, if you have a Riesling and it's cabinet or it's just off dry, that is perfect because that falls into the refreshing category, but not something cloying, just something that's going to go with a ton of different food. And then the third thing is it's got to be affordable. It's got to be affordable. The star of the show is the food, the people you're with, whether that be your partner right here or in other years, you know, 25 people. The wine is just part of it. It's part of the whole experience. So yes, again, don't go to your cellar to pick out that aged Bordeaux. That is not the time for this. If you do want to have something really special and great, then get an awesome bottle of champagne, have that first, and then have some just everyday, refreshing, versatile wines with the meal. Now, like you said, last year we talked about Beaujolais Nouveau because it's really perfect. It fits all these categories. So that's Gamay from the region of Beaujolais, a red wine that's just been harvested really fast with um, carbonic maceration, maybe settled in tank or settled in barrel, and then right into bottle. So it's It's a super, super fresh, uncomplicated wine. There hasn't been time for a lot of development. It's about gulping it down. It's about being refreshing. And it's about fun. It's about celebrating the harvest. It's about celebrating the holidays. And so many people have kind of latched on to this idea of Nouveau. I have seen more producers making a Nouveau wine this year than 
ever before. So many fun wines. Nouveau styles from Donkey and Goat in Berkeley, California. Nouveau styles from Pence Ranch in Santa Barbara. From Scribe that we're drinking tonight. From Las Haras. And we drank the Las Haras Glue Glue in a previous episode. That They have a fabulous blend of Carignan, Zinfandel, Charbono, and Petit Syrah. And so they use all different kinds of grape varieties in these Nouveau styles. The most important thing is that, one, they're grapes that were picked just now in 2020, and they underwent this carbonic maceration, a quick maceration, and then settled, and then into bottle. So they're refreshing, uncomplicated, versatile, and affordable. Now, again, we've talked about uh, carbonic maceration before, but do you have a quick bullet point way to describe it? Again, check episodes, I believe episode nine about uh, Beaujolais Nouveau, but do you want to give for the new listeners? Basically, it's a fermentation that starts inside the grape before the grape is pressed. So it's quicker. It's faster. The fermentation is already happening. It can just do, the carbonic maceration can be done in less than a week. Mm. And Sometimes other fermentations can take longer than that. It's quick and it tends to produce these lighter, fruitier notes, which are great for this kind of wine. Which brings us to Scribe and what they're doing. Scribe. So can you remind everyone what the exact title of the wine we're drinking tonight is? Yes. So this is the Scribe Nouveau Pinot Noir from Carneros, California. Carneros is an appellation that sort of spans Sonoma and Napa. It's at the very southern part of Napa. And it's a quick drive from San Francisco, you know, just 45 minutes. And this is the place you want to hang out. When you want to spend a Saturday afternoon, you know, drive up from the Bay Area, get a picnic table and listen to great music, have conversation and drink dry Riesling or their skin contact Chardonnay, their fantastic rosé, their really light and fresh Pinot Noir. And this is... They're Nouveau. Nouveau releases from Scribe and from all those others that I mentioned, and I know there are even more than that. They're special releases. There aren't a ton of these wines. They're not meant to be stored. They're not meant to be aged. These are wines to drink before the end of the year, people. They're wines to just get down. They're gulpable. Do you want to do a quick tasting on this? Let's do it. So let's taste this. First, looking at the color. It has got that beautiful ruby garnet more garnet a little bit of a watery rim it's not completely clear you can see some specks in it it's not doesn't look like it's unfiltered swirl my glass oh coming down right away what's the alcohol in this 12 percent. now that is low for a red wine which is another great thing for a feast a lower alcohol wine so you can have more than a glass and not feel it that is a good thing. All right, let's put our nose in there. It is so aromatic. It just jumps at you. It's a great nose. You just don't always get this with red wine, but I'm telling you, part of that is the carbonic maceration. It's just that that aromatics that are so intriguing. Get tons of cherry, just almost that cherry gum, almost artificial cherry. It almost makes me think of not cough syrup, but like cherry candy. Maybe a little watermelon, hibiscus. There's also some wildflower, purple flowers. 
And then there's this almost a tropical note, but maybe that's the candied part of the cherry, I think. Gosh, it's just so bright and pure. There's no earthiness to this wine. There's no oakiness to this wine. It smells like it's just going to be juicy fruit juice almost in a way, but it's, it's very, very intoxicating. Let's give it a taste. Dry, light, very light tannin. Acid is medium. It's not crazy. My mouth is watering a little bit, but it's not overly acidic. It feels just right. Not high alcohol. It's not burning in any way. And the fruit. I get all that cherry from the nose, but there's also some more like kind of orangey notes to it, or maybe there's just a kind of a little tartness on the finish that makes it more refreshing. Because it's juicy cherry at first, it's not sweet in any way, but it's juicy, and then it finishes kind of tart with that cranberry orange finish. Mmm, I love this. I think it's so refreshing. No, it's totally delicious. Like you said, gluggable, full of pleasure. It's not too complicated. Exactly. We don't have to sit here and analyze it for hours. We just get to enjoy it. And that's what it should be for Thanksgiving. Do you want to talk a little bit about the Scribe team? Yeah, so Scribe, I told you about where the winery is. We visited there several times. We've sent friends there. We've sent your parents there. Everyone we send has a fabulous experience. This winery was started by Andrew and Adam Mariani. They purchased the property in 2007. It was previously an old turkey farm, but way back in the pre-prohibition era, it was a winery. And they have 40 acres right there on the property and about 150 acres nearby. As I said, they make such a great variety of wines, but their focus is on sustainable practices, organic and biodynamic practices, native yeast fermentation. This particular wine is unfined, unfiltered, and has no sulfur. Has no sulfur, doesn't need sulfur. We're going to drink it right away. It doesn't really need to be too shelf stable. We're getting into it. And also I found out that the original owners, the pre-prohibition owners, um, they operated a speakeasy there as well during Prohibition, which is kind of funny. But there's a very cool old school, like 19th century hacienda on the property that they've revamped. It's just beautiful. And you can go in there and have your tasting when it's rainy outside. It's just a really curated experience. They, they, In my mind, they have a cult status, not only for the experience and the vibe they offer, but also just the wines themselves. They're just excellent wines. Like I said, the dry Riesling, their cab is fantastic. The Pinot Noir, every one of their wines is just really made with a lot of care and quality. For as cool as they are, they have the quality to back it up. Whenever I see, whenever I go into a store or a restaurant and I see Scribe, I get excited because that's one of my North American indicators of like, oh, whoever's buying the wine knows, knows what's going doing. on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I really, I really and truly mean that. I think that highly of Scribe and what they're putting together. Just a couple questions about Beaujolais Nouveau, Pinot Nouveau, all these things. When you do Nouveau style, would you gather that the the grape you still get the expression of the grape, no matter the grape you're using in Nouveau. Like if it's yes, and you definitely still get the expression of the grape. I mean, we always talk about cherry with Pinot Noir, and here it is. This is like cherry candy. This is explosion. cherry juice. I get cherry juice when <laughs> yeah. I drink this wine. And with the same thing is true with Beaujolais. You kind of like get this more 
banana and candied version of gamay. It really lifted high tone. It's the same thing. So as I was mentioning, there are so many other wineries that are making Nouveau styles. Las Haras, I mentioned, they make that Zinfandel, Carignan, Charbono, Petit Syrah blend. Great California staple grape varieties. And some of those have more tannin than others, but it works as a Nouveau style. But again, you get a different expression. One of the first California Nouveau styles that I tried was the J Bricks Merlot Nouveau. Again, you get a certain expression that's definitely different than Gamay. I'm really glad that you said that. Explain that to me and to listeners out there because would you say that this is because Pinot is on the more expensive side for varietals this is a way to experience a Pinot bottle more affordably? Definitely. They're, right? they're not aged. They're probably not made with, you know, single vineyard and the top fruit. It's more of a fun celebratory bottling. And so... So if you're, if you're like a Pinot head or whatever... Nouveau's... Yeah, it's, still, it's still a fun way to do it. Any grape yeah. shouldn't be crazy expensive. Yeah. The, you know, that's not the point. The point is that they're gulpable and they're ready to drink now and they're they're fun. So it is a good way to drink. If you like Pinot Noir, this is a really fun version to drink. Yeah, cool. The last question I have is the one technical question I'm going to throw in of the week. It's about carbonic. We've talked about it in other podcast episodes, but because carbonic maceration happens within the grape, does every wine go through carbonic maceration? No. Mo- a lot of the times the grapes are brought in and then like for a red wine, they're pressed and then fermentation starts after that. It doesn't start within the walls of the skin. And so where physically, where does it take place? Like, does it take place in a, in a barrel, on, on the vine? Not what, what, on the vine. It would, I mean, I guess it could if you left it on long enough and right. it was the right conditions. But it would be more like in a basket or in a some kind of big vessel or cement container, some kind of container. And and just so I get the image right, these grapes that are going through carbonic maceration, they're untouched. They haven't been pressed. They have they're, not they're, been they're, pressed. They're just, they're they're just left they're just left there. They're grapes. Got you. Yeah. They're whole grapes. Anyway, it's helpful for me to get the image of where the carbonic maceration is taking place because sometimes you just think everything's pressed so early, but no, these these are just sitting there waiting to They're waiting to be pressed. They're waiting to separate the juice from the skins. That's cool. It has not been separated. I'm fascinated to learn about this stuff. I love I love wine because as I've said before, it's like a great merge of art and science. And so I'm always trying to learn the science part because the art part is fun. I like to drink that part. Great. So now the two questions I always ask, and we've kind of answered it for this episode. What's a great food pairing? We think, you know, feasts and, and Thanksgiving will be perfect for the Nouveau style. Uh, but, it, you know, any other thoughts on maybe non-Thanksgiving food pairings for this? Or maybe you don't even need pairings at all. I think you can do it without pairings. I think it suits something really casual. Pick up tacos, pizza, burgers, takeout. It could go with something spicy because it has that nice fruitiness and it's not overwhelming with tannin. It'd be great for, you know some Thai food or Indian. It's really versatile. But I would say, you know, nothing complicated. Any night of the week, one. Exactly. And then where can listeners of the show go and find, hopefully this wine, this delicious scribe wine, but any Nouveau style or how, how do you recommend them going to ask their local wine purveyor about how to purchase a Nouveau style wine? 
Well, it's pretty easy asking for Nouveau and Beaujolais Nouveau. And do you have any New World Nouveau styles or other wines that are produced through carbonic maceration? Now, those might not be 2020 wines, but you would still have something relatable in a way. Anything Nouveau style is going to say Nouveau. Well, that's the thing. We said this in the podcast from whatever last year, but when you walk through France and we did that in November of 20, Nouveau is all over the streets of Paris. And actually, I remember seeing it in New York when we lived in New York and always wondering exactly what Nouveau meant. So these two podcasts, this, you know, episode 47, episode nine are great for me to revisit. So this Thanksgiving, check it out. Whether you're with a small group of family members, small, 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 or just yourself, <laughs> look into some Nouveau wines to enjoy. All right, now we come to the last portion of the podcast, which is what has been inspiring us this week. Catherine, do you want to go first? Sure. I have been inspired by this podcast that is new to me. Not new, they're on season three, but new to me. It's called The Double Shift. And it's a podcast about a new generation of working moms. It's created by Katherine Goldstein, and her co-host for season three is Angela Garvez. And it is fantastic. This is, this is not your regular mom hack, how to organize your kids' toys podcast. This is a podcast for real people, real moms thinking about cultural, political social issues that impact the family, that impact your experience as a mom, as a woman, as an individual, and how how we can come together and make things better for the next generation. It's full of a lot of truths, a lot of storytelling from um, both the hosts, and then there's some interviews as well that are fantastic. Thinking about matriarchy, thinking about universal childcare, thinking about other concepts that are just really, really relevant to moms. I, I, I am hooked. I think these women are fantastic that are producing it and um, I would highly recommend it. Well, thank you for that. I'm going to stay in Northern California. Scribe is a wine prominently placed in Northern California. I'm going to stay with inspiration from Northern California, which is I've been revisiting a lot of Jerry Garcia music most of this fall. I have no idea why. I'm not a deadhead. I'm not the biggest Grateful Dead person. But somehow Jerry Garcia's music, non-Grateful Dead, has been really entering my, my life, whether by choice or just by happenstance. And I've been really, really into the stuff that he's created or had created years and years ago when he wasn't with the dead. I still enjoy Grateful Dead song. And I'm super impressed by what they were able to accomplish. You have to admit, even if you're not a Dead fan, the fact that they were able to bring so many people together to just like enjoy the scene, the music, and kind of dance. Some other things involved as well. <laughs> but just really, really impressive. And um, But some of the songs that he... That he put together, I, I I don't know if David Grisman or David Griesman is, is what the pronunciation of his name truly is, but they've made some great music together. And also, just albums like Old and in the Way is actually the name. This is like it's like this folk band that he's been a part, who was a part of. Check out this cover of Wild Horses that he made from years ago. Some great covers. The Harder They Come was an album from Garciaville. That's like seventeen minutes long you know, off the Jimmy Cliff cover. 
but just really, really talented. I mean, I think people just don't appreciate how talented Jerry Garcia was. And I just want to take a second uh, as a non-deadhead to say, man, I get it. I'm getting it. I'm into it. I don't. 2020 is a time for people to revisit some Jerry Garcia. So shout out to Jerry and thank you for all you've done for the music world. All right, that's it. That's episode 47. Episode 47 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for listening to the show. If you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you can rate, review shows, and you listen to the podcast, it means so much to us. We love hearing from you. We love hearing from people when they DM us and say, I'm really enjoying the show. I'm so glad you're back. It means a lot. So if you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it would mean a lot to Catherine and myself. Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media you can find the long finish on instagram and facebook at the long finish on instagram and the long finish on facebook and you can find me on instagram and facebook as well katherine wyo coker you can find the long finish on twitter at tlf pod you can find me on twitter and instagram at tug coker thanks again to everyone for listening to the show we'll be back next week and hopefully through the end of the year with all new episodes of the long finish just a reminder for Thanksgiving, be really safe and thoughtful, care for one another, be socially distant, wear masks, be smart, not only to yourself, but to people that you don't know, to others, to grandparents, to the elderly, everyone out there. Please be smart. Please be safe. We're thinking about all of you. Have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you soon. Until then, happy drinking. Ciao.